All right, welcome to the Minset Podcast. Uh, we're happy to finally get this going. It's been a long time in the making. I know I get beat over the head every single day about when this thing's launching. So <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, just a little bit of background on myself. My name's Hudson. Uh, family calls me Jason, but you know, just call me Hudson. Uh, a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. It's going to be, you know, a lot about men's development. We're going to be talking about fitness, mindset, uh, gender roles, women. Probably get a little bit into current events eventually. Uh, as far as my background goes, you know, I came up from a military family, moved all over the place, never really made friends very easily. So I kind of just stayed to myself, got picked on a lot. Uh, people would always, you know, start fights with me. So I kind of had to build a mindset up for myself to defend myself. And then after that, it kind of took off from there. I just, you know, stayed going with fitness and everything like that. So, uh, you know, I've, I've had a, a tough go with law enforcement over the years and all that. So I had to change a lot and, you know, kind of build a life up from pretty much nothing. But other than that, you know, I'm going to switch it over to this guy that I've only known for probably about a week now, which is hilarious, but <laughs> let's do it. You've heard about me for a while, but this is the first time yeah, you're yeah. meeting and, and hanging out. And yeah, I've heard about him from my, my own family, you know, and, and my brother's, you know, best friends with them. But it's kind of hilarious that we've never crossed paths before. And I think my brother's been friends with you since, what, 2007? Uh, yeah, seven, eight, somewhere yeah. around that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah pretty we crazy. started working for Walmart back in the day. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. we both worked for uh, Walmart. Um, that's how we met. And he was okay. actually he was actually a groomsman at my wedding. Oh, was he? Yeah, he yeah. was. And I still don't know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my name is uh, my name is Kaiser. Uh, I go by Trent. Um you know, I, uh, just an average guy, uh, shit, drawing a blank right now. All of a sudden I got nervous. I, I, I told you. <laughs> All of a sudden I got nervous. I just didn't know what I wanted. I don't, cause I, I don't know how deep I want to go into it. Yeah. Like, cause I don't know how much my family is comfortable like me putting out there. Cause I haven't really spoke to them about it yet. But yeah. so, uh, 37, uh, married once divorced, no kids, uh, live by myself, uh, grew up traditional mom and dad you know my uh mom recently passed uh, almost well not recently about a year ago almost august 4th will be a year so um cancer survivor uh, my mom and i both uh had cancer at the same time went through uh chemo at the same time and she lost her battle and i won mine so got her here with me today actually her uh ashes are oh, that's in pretty this. cool yeah yeah so oh, my man. uh my sister, um, I had the idea of kind of getting necklaces, you know, for all of us, just something to carry her ashes with us. And she ended up getting the necklaces for me and my dad and my brother and her. And That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So carry her with me and she's with me now and um, gives me gives me a lot of strength. And, you know, she was a fantastic woman. Um, my dad, they were married 37 years. Oh wow! Yep, thirty-seven years. Yeah, so that's that's not common in it, it today's really era. No, it, it's weird because <laughs> like a lot of the 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 people and couples that I know, like from girlfriends and friends, like that are older, like fifty plus, all of them are, are married still. Like my ex-wife, her mom and dad are still married. They've wow. been on close to forty years. Um, my parents almost made it, you know, forty. Yeah. So 
uh, a lot of other parents and couples that I know, you know, 25, 30 plus. So it's, it's weird. Cause how many couples and people do you know today, <laughs> our age that, yeah. you know, like how many people are getting married now that are going to be still married in 15, 20 years, you Probably. know, <laughs> Less yeah, than it's, 10%. It's, it's not looking good, man. Like divorce rates are crazy. You know, me and my dad go I back and never been. Yeah, me, me and my dad go back and forth, you know, all the time because like he he hasn't dated in 38 years. Oh, so man. it's the <laughs> environment is way different oh, than yeah. it is now. So, you know, when I'm talking to him and telling him stories, it's, you gotta do this and you gotta do that. And like a lot of I mean, he went to work, he made the money, my mom stayed home, and then she was kind of like an every like an every man i guess so to speak she was like real artistic and did a whole bunch of things to make money and help supplement income and you know if, if ever we ran into a hard stretch she had no problem like working and helping out so like now when i'm when i'm dating and i'm looking for somebody like that's kind of the measure that i have like yeah you're attractive you're beautiful but like how good of a partner are you mm-hmm. you know in in these days it seems like as the man, you're just an ATM for somebody. Cause like the first question is like to be measured up to, or like, uh, well, what do you do? How much do you make? What, you know. <laughs> what can you give me? You know, what can I get from you? And it's not like, what are your values? What do you believe? Mm-hmm. Like what, what have you been through to make you who you are type deal? So like there's in the age of social media and Instagram and stuff, there's not a whole lot of depth to people these days. Everything is so superficial and service level. Which is why I think like podcasts kind of like this, hopefully we'll grow into and other podcasts like that. It's like you try to get to the depth of, of who people are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where like some of the best connections come from. That's why me and Marcus have been so you know close for so long. Like he's a solid human being. Like mm-hmm. He's a good ass dude. Um, like, a little weird, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, but, but, but legit though, it's like, you know, you go through stuff in life and like you need people to lean on. And so much of like being a man is like, don't talk about your feelings. Don't talk about your emotions. Mm-hmm. Just kind of keep your head down and just keep it to yourself. Keep moving forward. You know, cause nobody's coming yeah, to save I, you type deal. You know, I, I'll talk to you a little bit about this. You know, yeah. I, I don't really believe in emotion and anybody that knows me knows that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. I don't show anything other than anger. If you piss me off, but <laughs> But I think every man shows that emotion. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I believe, you know, emotions should be shown in private. And, you know, you can show emotion to your, you know, your friends, like your best friends or whatever yeah. like that. But as far as, like, in front of women, instantly they're going to disrespect you. And I'm no, I already know I'm going to get a bunch of flack for saying that. <laughs> Because you, you always hear these women lie about, oh, I love a man that shows his yep. emotions. No, you don't. No, that's that's a, a destinist. <laughs> that is the quickest way for you to get ghosted, for you to get disrespected, cheated on, left. Yep. Like, they they don't respect guys like that because, yep. like, you're supposed to be the the rock. Well, you're supposed to be masculine, the protector, you know. You, yep. They like, don't want the guy that's just like them. Yep. Yep, that's what they have girlfriends for. You know, exactly. it's like so many women are like, I want a vulnerable guy. No, you don't, because it, it turns them off. It, yep. You know, and they'll say that because it sounds nice. You want to be politically correct and you want to be. Well, see, that's, know, that's the problem right there. Yep. Everybody wants to be politically correct now, which yep. I'm, I'm certainly not. But uh, yeah, the, these women out here just basically tell you, like, which, you know, on the flip side of that, men are going to 
tell these chicks lies to get in their pants too. So, yeah, <laughs> so I guess it's I guess it's an even playing field on that. Uh, you know but. what's what's the, what's the quote? It's that uh, <laughs> what women love what they hear, so men lie. Yeah, men love what they see, so women wear makeup. Exactly. Uh, yep. yep. And, and but see, I think you know a big problem in today's society is women think their beauty is the end all be all yep. as far as holding down a man and that's just not it nope. it's what are you doing in the household what are you doing to support that man uh as far as like if you know they want to start a family with you what what are you going to bring to the table as far as being a good mom are you going to still be driven in a career mm-hmm. path or are you going to take a step back mm-hmm. and you know take care of the house take care of the family things like that yeah and also, like, are you going to be argumentative all the time? Is oh, it going to be oh. nagging all the time? Is it like, are you going to come home and it's world, it's world War Three? You know, like <laughs> you, you're, you're nagging about something. There's something I didn't do. There's something you're unhappy with. Or it's, it's passive aggressive attitude. Or are you going to be like happy to see me? Are you going to be peaceful when I come home? Like, you know, life gets hectic and, and people get caught up real easy and a lot of things really that are temporary. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of the biggest things that I think makes relationships successful is just being pleasant around each other. And like you come home and she's happy to see you and you're happy to see her and giving each other compliments and stuff. Exactly. Like, like uh, dudes are pretty simple. Like we don't want to come <laughs> home after after a long day's hard work and uh-huh. you're just going in on us from the time we step in the door uh, uh, yep. man. like, yep, like, dude, we just want peace. man. <laughs> we go. Yep. Like, just yep. just. <sighs> You know, let us be relaxed with you. You know, it, it don't have to be. You know, like you said, World War Three. Once yep. we walk through the door, be, man. Be, be feminine. Be complimentary. Exactly. You know, it's 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 not that hard. It really isn't. <laughs> it's like especially the the biggest the argument that everybody has. Everybody can relate to this. I'm hungry. What do you want to eat? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that discussion. I'll ask once or twice. Like, hey, do you, do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? Yeah, yeah. And then if she doesn't care. Okay, this is what I want. Let's go here. Yeah, it, well, you know, I'll be like, look, just pick a place and we'll go. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yep. Can't uh, ever. Be, nope. What, what do you want? I just told you pick whatever you want and uh-huh. we'll go. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I don't know. But, it, but it's, it's weird because, like, like uh, no matter how advanced we get or how much we progress in society, like, you're never going to outsmart biology. Right. And I think that's like a subconscious way of like, they don't know what they want mm-hmm. and they want you to lead mm-hmm. and then want you to make the decision. So it's like, it's not that big of a deal. Just pick wherever you want to go. That's where we'll go. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's not a huge deal, but in that moment it's like, and now I've like, I've picked up on these things as I've gotten older and you know, you're exposed to more content like this and in other content from bigger creators and stuff, but it's like, that's your time. Like, even though it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, that's like that tic tac comment. Uh, oh yeah. That where you okay? The, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We're going here. I want barbecue. <laughs> yeah. I want barbecue. I want pizza. I want sushi. Right. This is where we're gonna go. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, like you step up and you're authoritative with what you want and how you say it, they'll follow along. Mm-hmm. Well, play off the whole biology thing. You know, they say women are more unhappy now than ever before, and a lot of it's because they've been pushed into the workplace. And they're not taking on, you know, their biological feminine qualities, you know. And these men, 
you know, since they're doing 50-50 and all this other stuff, they're starting to revert more to feminine roles, which I think eventually all that's going to, you know, come back full it's, circle. It's, it's coming to a head, but it's like men are being feminized and women are being masculinized. Mm-hmm. And masculinized women are propped up. Huh? Is that a word? Masculinized? Yeah. I don't know if it is. It, it, it might be. Sounds it sounds weird. <laughs> Let us know in the chat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like women who are more masculine, they're propped up in society and they're, they're forced to go in that direction. And men that are feminized, like when was the last time you saw like a sitcom or like a TV show where or a movie where the the guy was the main character and was able to get shit done and was able to handle whatever situation came about. Like it's always the women who are smarter or more capable or, you know, more stoic. The man's down on his luck and, you know, he finds this, this career woman that builds him back. Yep. Come on, dude. Yep. (laughs) I mean, you know, and it, it it does help to have a solid woman in your corner. For sure. For sure. But at the same time, it's like you need to have a purpose. You need to have a direction and you need to have a vision mm-hmm. that you want to go in and that you see yourself and you want to take her with you. But also her job is to support that and help facilitate that when you need it. And it's not overtly direct like, hey, do this or hey, do that. It's like you can have a conversation with her. You respect her opinions and then you make a decision and then she supports whatever decision you make. And sometimes it may be wrong, mm-hmm. but you never know until you're going to try and you see where things, where things go. And another thing I've seen real bad, especially like, you know, these women just thinking they can just do whatever they want. Like straight up, like embarrassing their man in public. That's like yep. the number one thing you can't do. Like and it's, it's don't celebrated. Ever, don't ever, yeah make your man feel small in public in front of everybody don't embarrass him if if you're gonna do that wait till you get home behind closed doors even, even then it's like you should as a man you should well, never even, tolerate well, being yeah, emasculated if I, uh, yeah tell her to kick rocks <laughs> pretty much you know and it's like it sometimes you have to be harsh and you know you hear the phrase like happy wife happy life oh, and it's <laughs> it's it's, it's I used to believe in that phrase, you know, just I, sacrifice I everything. Too. Yep. Sacrifice everything for, you know, just to make her happy, just to make her happy. Well, people forget that. What about your happiness? Exactly. As, as the man, it's like, what about what you want? It, you know, it's so much of you get in a relationship and then like your commitment is really everything. Mm-hmm. Like women hold the power of sex yep. as they should. That's their power. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them squander it and don't know how to use it. All right. Men hold the power of commitment in relationships. Exactly. So it's like, it's a it's a man's job to get the woman. It's the woman's job, job to basically keep the relationship. Well, it's a man's job to get the woman. It's the woman's job to keep the man mm-hmm. after she's given himself to him. Exactly. And a lot of women don't understand how to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's like back in the day, men typically fall in love through time spent with somebody, a woman. Women typically fall in love through sex, through the emotional connection, mm-hmm. the intimacy. Absolutely. So the game back in the day, before we had the sexual revolution and social media and overabundance of options and 
sex being pushed everywhere for everything was you'd have a guy, you'd have a girl, they would see each other, there'd be attraction, the man would pursue the woman, the woman knew, I'll give him just a little bit, like breadcrumbs, I'll oh. give him just a little bit, enough to keep him interested and to, to show that I'm letting him pursue me and I'm pursuing him because there's a difference between chasing and pursuing. Mm-hmm. So it's like the man would pursue and then over that time he would develop feelings for the woman. And then whenever it finally came to typically it was marriage, but when they finally had sex, sexual relations, however you want to phrase it, then she would develop feelings for him through that. And then it was them two together and he had gotten to know her mm-hmm. And then she had gotten to know this kind of a, a time to feel each other out. And then that's how the relationship would start. And it worked for forever, except now it's like well, it's emotions have been this movement that kind of destroyed everything. And I, I don't want to go too deep into the rabbit hole on that, but yeah, but femi- it's like the feminist emotion wasn't even been, created by a woman. It was created by a man. And if that don't tell you everything you need to know, Mm. <laughs> then I don't know, but y'all can go and dig deep into that rabbit hole. I might expand yeah. on it a lot more because I've I've done a lot of research on the feminist movement. Uh, I, I can't wait till that episode because I'm gonna really go <laughs> in on that. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's switch gears a little bit and uh, talk about mindset a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so as far as mindset goes, you know, I think the biggest thing to develop a strong mindset. Number one is get in the gym. Start with fitness. Uh, if you can get disciplined with fitness, get disciplined with a diet. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's the the biggest start to it. Um, and one thing that really helped me, and I don't know if I talked to you about this, but I'm really big on like block scheduling mm-hmm. everything. That's kind of how I have everything going on that I have going yeah. on. Um, you know, I'll, I'll block you know, an hour out for this, two hours out for that, three hours out for that, you yeah. know, whatever, you know, amount of hours I'm at work or whatever, but I'll make it a flexible, you know, block schedule too, to where, you know, it gives me some leeway in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that right there will bring in the discipline for the mindset, but the mindset you, you gotta, well, I, I think I talked to you about this yesterday about how I've kind of constructed my mindset for, you know, if something tragic comes up, yeah, you know, you got to be prepared for that, you know, such as, you know, your mom passing yep, or anybody in your family passing that you're close to, you know, you got to be prepared for those moments, especially like if it's like direct family, like you have a child that passes or something, which, yeah. you know, that's the worst you know, case scenario of all really, you know, yeah. and you got to be prepared for those moments because, you know, you can't just let it break you down and you're just, your whole world just crumbles and you don't know where to go from there. You got, you just got to keep pushing. You got to stay stoic for the rest of the family. You know, you got to, you know, keep pushing on and doing what you got to do to, you know, thrive. There's, there's so much in the world today that is designed to numb you mm-hmm. and keep you immobilized, whether it be complacency, whether it be contentment, whether it be pornography, video games, all kind of things to distract you and just keep you content and in one place. And, you know, woe is me and there's no way out. And it's like you as the man have to get to a point where 
nobody's coming to save you and it's okay because you are enough for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think if you can deal with things in a positive way, once you start seeing that you can do one thing and you're successful, it'll lead to another thing that's successful and another thing oh, yeah. that's successful and another thing. So it's like, you know, you, you never know what you can handle until you're faced with having to handle it. Mm-hmm. But then also learning from other people's mistakes and seeing how they deal with things and just knowing that you can get it done. You know, it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow is like, like what you were saying, be very observant of how other people are reacting to Mm -hmm. certain things. That way you can kind of absorb that and kind of, you know, create your mindset around, okay, this person reacted to that didn't end well, Yep. So maybe I need to pivot in a different direction so that yep. doesn't happen to me. Yep. So something a little bit about my story. So last year, February, um, my mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, at the time, they didn't give her a stage. Uh, so she got a second opinion and it ended up being stage four. Mm. And they gave her six to 12 months. So she had been sick for a while with uh, stomach issues, pancreatitis, other things. Um, and the doctors just didn't catch it uh, until kind of, it was too late. So they told her that she could do chemo. Um, and that was really the only treatment option that she had. And that if it did succeed, it would only be about a 15% chance that it did, but it might give her an extra six months. So mm-hmm. you're talking 18 months, best case scenario. Yeah. Um, you know, and I wasn't ready and you're never really ready to lose a parent. Mm -hmm. I I don't think ever, um, you know, you think they're going to be around forever. Uh, so that happened. Nobody was prepared. Obviously we were crushed and devastated because you know, you're, you're never ready. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're trying to be, I'm, I'm the oldest of three. I'm trying to be strong, trying to be there for my family. And you know, my mom was, she never cried about it. She never was, woe is me, and why, why did this happen to me? And it always seems like, too, the the shittiest things happen to the best people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, it really. And, you know, like, for not to get too political, like the Hunter Biden thing, Biden thing, all the evidence is there for how this guy is just shady, a shady mm-hmm. character. And he's hanging out in the White House with the most affluent people in Washington yeah. and in the country and the world, nothing's happening to him and it's like you know my mom was an amazing woman an amazing person you know my best friend i'm a mama's boy love my mom (laughs) to death um so thank every every guy is at heart yeah yeah even Um, if they don't show it (laughs) yeah yeah i mean there's something about moms man you know it's it's something about moms uh so going through that fast forward from february till she found out then in may I had uh, a cough that I couldn't get rid of and I had it for a minute. I caught, I caught COVID twice. I mm-hmm. never got vaccinated or nothing. I was, I was iffy about it. I was like, nah, I'm just, just to see where this goes. I don't trust this vaccine. So, uh, go in for a cough, take antibiotics, doesn't do anything. So I go back to the doctor. I was like, Hey, you got anything stronger antibiotics wise? And the doctor was like, that was the strongest thing we had. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> let's, let's do some blood work. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Um, and like, I never, ever, cancer was never on my radar ever at oh, all. I, mean, um, I would think nobody. Uh, radar. No, I mean, at the time <laughs> I was 30, I was 35. Um, 
So like I live, I live a healthy lifestyle. I've never done drugs. I've never smoked weed like ever to this day. I've just, I'm not curious about it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not for me. I don't judge, you know, but, uh, I, I'm not a big drinker. Uh, addiction runs in my family. So like some drinks here and there. Um, but I'm not, I, I don't drink to get drunk, you know, I enjoy the taste of a drink, but for the most part, I don't like getting drunk because in that, when I am that way, if something goes down, I can't respond to the situation. Exactly. And I that, don't ever want to feel like I'm not I've, in control. I've migrated to it because I used to drink a lot. Yeah. And uh, especially since I got big into fitness, I, yeah. I pretty much don't drink at all. Yeah. Maybe if I go out to a steakhouse or something like that, or if I'm eating mm-hmm. a steak at home, I might have one beer. Yeah. But I don't even have beer in my house. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that. I got some Blue Moon. I you know, love me some Blue Moon, but uh, no Bud Light. Oh yeah, but thank God. But uh, so so, you know, I was it was kind of shocking. Like so, my blood work came back, and the doctor called me on a Friday. I'm about to get off work, thinking about what I'm doing for the weekend. Like ah, what's going on? Doctor calls me. Well, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, your cancer markers are high, and Mm -hmm. uh, you've got a mass in your lungs. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm about to get off work, and you know. Think about what I'm doing for the weekend, and boom, you got cancer. And you're fucking with me, right? <laughs> he, he wasn't. He was like, your results came back. Do you want to come in? I was like, I just tell him what's going on, doc. And he let me know what was going on. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, that's you know, crazy. And, and that's all the information that I had. And I had done an X-ray, and the uh, the mass in my lungs ended up being just a cluster of swollen lymph nodes behind my lungs. Mm-hmm. So, but in the X-ray, all you can see is just two dimensional. So, I had a cat scan and mri and all that stuff and you know it showed everything what it really was and then i had a biopsy and hodgkin's lymphoma oh wow yeah so mom gets diagnosed in february and i get diagnosed in may so she was stage four i was stage two um it's just crazy that it happened uh, during that same time frame uh, like, yep yep it, you know it's it's one of those things where it's it almost like, makes you wonder if like there was something specific that caused it for both of y'all to just randomly get it at the same time my dad racks his brain you know that's just so weird you know and uh, i think a lot of things in life are the why you know why did this happen why is this person you know the why the why the why um so i think it's natural to question i i don't really care uh, to be honest you know because i live my life the way i live my life and if i was supposed to get it I think maybe the purpose of me getting it was to test me somehow or to give me the tools to help somebody else or spread mm-hmm. a positive message, yep. you know, cause now we're talking about mindset and you know, my mom gets cancer. I get cancer. We're both going through chemotherapy at the same time. You know, we're both dealing with cancer at the same time, but it's like when they told me what it was, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma is like the most survivable form that you can get, the most treatable form. So once I knew that it wasn't going to kill me, then it was like, you know, I see what my mom's going through. She's still got a smile on her face. You know, fuck it. Like, life yeah. is not that bad, mm-hmm. you know, because you hear it all the time. Somebody always has it worse. And like, you get so caught up in your own life that you don't really think about it. And it's cliche to say, but it's like, you know, it, yeah, I've got cancer. Hers is terminal. Mm-hmm. Mine is not. So, you know, like she's being strong. I have no excuse not to be strong myself. So a lot of my strength came from her. Mm -hmm. Um, So fast forward. The morning she passed away. uh, She lost her battle that morning on August 4th. 
and I had chemo that same morning at 9.30 down in Gainesville. So Were you in the same hospital as her? Uh, no, she. I was, I was getting treatment down in Gainesville, um, and she got treatment up here in, in Jacksonville. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so she passes. Fast forward a couple of hours, I have to go to my chemo treatment. So then while I'm getting my chemo treatment, somebody rings the bell that they had completed their treatment and had beat cancer. Oh, wow. So in about a 12-hour span, my mom lost her battle. I was fighting mine, and somebody had won theirs. So it was like the full circle of kind of life, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and it was it was really awesome. That and be very eye-opening. It, it really was, <laughs> you know, and it's, it, it was really awesome because in, in a weird way, not to get, you know, too, like, religious or, or deep into the weeds, but she was there when I took my first breath in this world. She gave birth to me. And I got to be there for her last breath out of this world. Mm -hmm. So like in a real circle of life way, it was, it was really beautiful and amazing that I was able to be there. So going through that, it's like, you know, you can always make money, can always lose money. Um, You can always get jobs and lose jobs. Friends come and go like so much of life is, is kind of for a season sometimes. Um, But it's like, you can always be there for yourself exactly. and you and, can and, always get through. And with that, you know, you're the only one that's really going to have your best interests in mind. Yeah. Your family's going to, you know, want you to succeed in life and everything. But at the end of the day, you're the only one that's going to push you to get yep. to the next level. Yep. You know, you're the only one that's going to be able to push yourself to get into the gym and stay consistent yep. with it. And, you know, it all yep. goes hand in hand. So, so it's like, you know, I was, I was going through my treatments and, you know, I still went to work every day. Um, really the only days I missed were the days I had chemo, you know, just cause it was early in the morning and it usually killed me, you know, drained me for most of the day. Um, but I still went to the gym three, four times a week. Mm-hmm. I still stayed on my diet for the most part. I mean, it was nice cause my body was wasting away with chemo and, and, drugs to save my life but so i was still in the gym so losing was, the weight yeah i was i was super lean and <laughs> yeah, shredded yeah. but you know i was super weak but you know i was i was still getting in there and getting it done but it was it was nice being able to talk to people you know just in passing about what i was dealing with and then kind of seeing their reactions and not, like not to be braggadocious about it but it's like this is what i'm dealing with this is what i'm going through i'm still here i'm still crushing it. i'm still trying to get it done being accountable to myself mm-hmm in a way trying to, to motivate other people. And it's like, what's your excuse? Like I would go and do chemo in the morning, come home, take a nap. And then I'd go train legs afterwards, you know, just cause fuck it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's, you, you got to get it done. Like yeah. you, you have to deal with it and you have to keep moving forward, you know? And, and now it's like, this is what I've already gone through. And this is what I've already dealt with. I can handle anything. I, I feel like in life you're always going to be thrown something that's like life changing, yep. but I think life's meant to be that way. And it's, it's all about what you're going to do with that experience. Are you just going to let it put you into, you know, an abyss of darkness or are you going to yep. let it, you know, push you more towards the light and you're going to be the best version of yourself that you possibly can be. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's what I think a, a lot of, a lot more men need these days and it, it's starting to happen more and more like the, the, the manosphere, I guess, if you will, space is growing and is really popular. Um, because for a long time, guys haven't had positive role models mm-hmm. and me, myself, like I, 
I think about this often. I've never had anybody that I've looked at them like I want to be like that person. Exactly. You know, I've I've never really had crazy role models like you know you listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about Reg Park, and I want to be like Reg Park. I want to bodybuild like mm -hmm. him, and I want to do movies like him. And you know he had an idol, he had an icon, he had a direction, and he he knew how to get there and start right. out on that path, like. I, a lot of people don't have that. I've never had that in my mm -hmm. life. So it's, it's kind of, it gets to a point where it's like, I don't have anybody I look up to. So maybe I should live a life that I would be proud of. Yeah. I mean, my, my mom and dad both came from very, very poor families. Um, Same, you know, and then, you know, my dad went to the military and even back then in the military, which I think that was probably, I think he probably went to the military probably in the early to mid eighties. Mm -hmm. And even then the pay in the military, was trash. Yep. <laughs> so, we, yep. you know, we funny. were, we were barely scraping by as a family, you know, and you know, once the kids started being born, you know, my mom was a stay at home mom for a while. Mm -hmm. and but even still back in the days, like there was a lot of perks that military members got mm -hmm. as far as like commodities and things, right. you know, in the market and stuff. Um, and it was, even though you struggled, it was still way cheaper than it was today. I mean, because oh, yeah. oh, even yeah. oh, when yeah. I was in, you know, middle school, high school, my dad worked and, you know, I, I roughly knew kind of how much he made. And we never really, we had everything we needed, not everything we wanted, obviously, but, you know, he was still able to work and provide. We had a house, we had cars, you know, and, you know, he'd take a school shopping and stuff. We, we, we had not the best things, but the nicest things. Um, and my mom was able to stay home and was always plugged in with us, you know, mm -hmm. and we never had an overabundance, but it, it worked. Mm -hmm. And these days it's like, you know, you can make twice as much money as your parents and oh, yeah. it, you still have less money than what they had. Back I was in just the day. explaining that to somebody else yep. the other day. I was like, man, I, and my dad's even told me this. He was like, dude, you're making more money than I've ever made. And I'm like, dude, I'm scraping by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's wild, man. Cause it's like, you think like if you're making $35,000 a year, you know, one of your first jobs out of college, if you went to college or whatever, you have no experience. Oh, if I could just make 45, I'll be doing great. Then you make 50. And it's like, okay, if I can just make 60, I'll be doing great. Then you make 70. Yeah. It's like, Oh, if I can make a hundred, oh, that really set me up. And then you're making 120. It's like you're living paycheck to paycheck still. It's like, what's going on? Like, well, see, the a big problem is you know a lot of people. The more money they make, the more money they spend. Yep. So you know they kind of adjust their lifestyle to what they're making. You yep. know, do I need a house like this necessarily? Uh -huh. Yep. Do I need a brand new car outside? <laughs> no, I mean, do I need to do all exactly? Day? Yep. Yep. You know so. Because yeah, I watched uh, watched a clip one time of uh, Shaq talking about um, like the best advice he had ever gotten about money, um, and he had like a like a index card, and he's like, "This is how the the guy broke it down to me." He took the index card and he ripped it in half. He's like, "All right, you got this money, save this half." So I had half. I was like, "Okay, cool. Well, what do I do with this?" He's like, "Okay, get this half, rip that in half. Okay, save that." He's like, "Okay, well, I don't have a lot left." He's like, "That is yours." He's like, "So you make a million dollars." You spend two hundred fifty thousand. That's all yours. However, you want to spend it. This seven fifty, you save it. It's like in the more you go through life like that with your investments, with the money that you make, you live within your means. I mean, Dave Ramsey has built his whole career off of basically living within your means, making mm -hmm. smart money decisions. And so much about what society is today is 
immediate instant gratification. Now, oh, yeah. now I want it now. I want it now. And that's part of the problem with the dating market. I mean, to be real about it is you can, you can go to a car dealership. I want this car. I want this particular model of this car with these features and this color. And I want this and this, you can, all the bells and whistles, just about everything in life that we consume these days, we can customize and it's ready. You order off of Amazon, you order it when, from wherever. And it's, we can control all of it. You can't change people like that. No, like people are not. Once that convenience know, has been instilled into yep. their minds, it's like, why would I ever want to go back? And that's and that's one of the the biggest things I like about fitness and you know bodybuilding and, and being into the it gym and being time. active is it teaches you delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. And so much of society doesn't get that these days. Oh. Everything is instant. If we wanted a five star meal right now, we could hop on Uber Eats select the restaurant, they'd go pick it up for us and be here within 30 minutes right. to an hour. It's like, but bodybuilding is, it teaches you like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to eat this today. I'm going to hit this muscle group. I'm going to do these reps. And then over the next three to six months, that's my end goal. So it's, there's no instant gratification with fitness. You'll, you'll constantly see people ask like, how do I get abs quick or how do or shortcuts women you know they'll be like how do i build my glutes fast how do i get a nice butt quick <laughs> and it's it's like dude why is it why does it have to be quick why, why can't you just put in the work and those results will come now the a big problem with fitness is and this goes hand in hand with mindset is you'll get to a certain point and you'll start to hit those plateaus. And that's when a lot of people give up because they're like, well, I'm not getting anywhere else, but so you just want to go back to being fat and out of shape. Like the the body is better to you. The body is an extremely, (laughs) extremely complex yet simple organism and it adapts quickly. And you always have to change your approach with things like what works, you know, this month might not work next month. So you always have to, change it up and be open to new strategies and new ideas. And Mm -hmm. like a lot of what people are conditioned to do these days is just focus singular. Like this is the only path This is the only path. This is the shortcut. And it's, it's, it's not that way. I've I've had friends to where, you know, they'll complain about, Oh, you know, I'm not getting anywhere for a while and all this. And I'm like, well, you know, why don't you try this, this and this, or, They'll be like, um, we'll meet up in the gym one day. Yeah. And they'll be like, well, I'm going to stick with my workout. Well, your workout's not working for you. So obviously, <laughs> yeah. why would you do that? Yeah. You know, I'm it, not going to come and spot you on the stuff that you want to do if it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, that's one of the why, things. Why that, am I going to the gym with you? <laughs> that's one of the things I love about the gym. It's like, no matter how experienced you are, how long you've been in the gym, what you've done, like competition wise, non-competition wise, like there's always somebody that knows something that you don't know. Exactly. And you know, you have to be open to new information and trying different things. You know, what works for you might not work for me. Vice versa. In the gym, I'm constantly people watching just to see if somebody's doing something that might work for me, you know? Yep. And you have to, cause you, you may be like old school, which I was for a while to where, you know, I basically did like, you know, bench press, squat, like the basics, yep, the, the which, which those, you know, should be are, are still great. Know, fundamental in your workout plan. Yeah. But, um, 
like I just didn't know of anything else really, you know. I yep. just did the basics, you know, regular bicep curls. You uh-huh, know? I didn't uh-huh. know about you know, you know, all that stuff. So concentration curls and all that to build peak and uh, yep, you know, uh, yep. It, so yep. you know, you just gotta look around, ask questions. You obviously have Google. You know, you can find out anything. <laughs> so you know, they they call it webucation these days. I think is what the term is. <laughs> yeah. But it's like I, I had a, a BMW, and it was my my first, like, I finally made it. Yeah, like, I got something for myself. And, you know, started having problems with it. You know, any BMW. That's because it was a BMW. Uh, yeah, because it was a BMW. <laughs> yep. But, you know, I was aware of it. I was aware of it. Um, and, uh, you know, I take it into the dealership, and, you know, they they scan it. They give me the rundown, the printout. Like, it was like forty four, forty five hundred bucks of stuff that needed to be done. I'm like... Oh, yeah, BMW parts are expensive. Yeah, they, they are. And oh, we, we have to change your oil, $1,000. <laughs> well, it was uh, the particular place, I, the dealership I went to, they wanted $600 to change my spark plugs and coil packs. That's crazy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so like, I'm looking at this list, and it's like stuff, most of them, I don't have a problem wrenching on my cars. Like, I'm pretty, I have a good aptitude, mechanical aptitude. So I'm like, okay, well, let me pull up YouTube, see if there's anything on YouTube. Found a couple videos. On my particular model, watched them. I think I spent maybe 140 bucks mm-hmm. on Bosch coil packs <laughs> and proper plugs. And then 45 minutes, I had it done. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like... <sighs> Believe it or not, I've only taken one vehicle to a shop ever. Okay. Ever. Okay. <laughs> my uh-huh. whole life. And part of the reason why is because my dad was a mechanic in the military. Okay. So, you know... Whenever something went wrong, you know, we would work on it together. And, you know, I've got to the point now to where, you know, I've started to fix things myself. Um, I used to have a roommate and, you know, he was the same way. He would, he would not take his car to the shop. So we would just always work on his vehicles together and all that. But, and the reason why I stopped taking it to the shop is because it came out worse than what it went in. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it ended up blowing up on 295 while I was driving. (laughs) So, and that was because of them. You know what I mean? So, go go get your oil changed and they drain the oil. (laughs) Don't put new oil in. And, oh, we forgot that part. Sorry. (laughs) Don't put caps back on. It's like, dude, how do do you not put the oil cap back on? Don't tighten the bolts. Don't torque the bolts sound like they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust none of them. Sorry, mechanics out there, but (laughs) there's, there's some good ones. There's some, there's some some good ones. There's a lot of guys out there giving y'all bad raps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like indie shops. Indie indie shops. Me personally, I like I like indie shops. Well, I feel like a lot of that's that's the problem. That's where I took mine is to uh, an indie shop. An indie shop really? They screwed my stuff up so bad, which they were kind of shoddy people anyway. So I got it. It's, it's a risky take sometimes. It's a risky take sometimes. But I, uh, I I know some some solid mechanics that have a few indie shops. So. My personal experience. No, I know I, I know some, but they're, they're, I, I'm just saying. They're, they're my awesome. personal experience they're, was they're, terrible. They're awesome out there. You're going to watch yourself. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what else we got, man? Uh, we can kind of end it now. We're almost to 45 minutes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. I, it goes quick. That's what I was saying, like an hour, you know? Okay. So, um, but we can kind of do it to where, you know, just kind of whenever it gets to a point, we can stop it. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but, uh, 
anyways, we can, we can end it here. Thank you for joining us on this uh, first episode. Uh, we, we'll be pumping them out, hopefully, weekly, you know. Yeah, once a week, that's the goal. Yep. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's going to get real controversial real quick as we go on because I'm sure we're going to open up a lot more about, you know, topics, especially once we get to the point of really diving deep into touchy topics gender roles and make men masculine again <laughs> yeah you see that <laughs> soft ass men out there but uh there's too many of them hey, anyways is... peace out till next time